We know their sleep, adequate sleep. We know their stress management. We know there's movement and we know there's food and nutrition. We know these are the four things. If you don't pay some attention to all four of them and get them in check, then it doesn't matter what particular diet you think you're going to follow that's going to be magical. And even if it is magical for a minute or one month or whatever the case may be, um, it can't overcome too much stress or poor stress management strategies. Uh, having a stressful lifestyle isn't the problem. Not having stress management is. What's up, my friend? I'm health expert Ted Rice, and today I'm coming to you from Bangkok, Thailand. And today is January 6th. It's just a few days after the, the new year. And I, if you haven't heard me say this already, happy new year to you. If you're just coming back to listening to the show from all the end of the year craziness, I'm super excited to share this episode with you today because we are going to have John Berardi back on the show today. You're going to hear Dr. John Berardi. And if you don't remember who John is, he's worked with professional athletes like George St. Pierre, the uh, former MMA champion, or I guess he's still an MMA champion. Just John has worked with so many high-level people, high-level athletes. He's built his company to $200 million and I guess more. And he's just, he's been a person in the industry, more importantly than those accolades, at least for me on a more personal level. He's one of the people that actually got me into the psychology or into change psychology. Uh, I've, he very famously talked about how he got his PhD in nutritional biochemistry and then realized people needed the basics and needed to learn how to change their habits and behavior. And we're going to get in that, into that today. We're going to talk about how to develop the right habits, how to change your life and where that actually comes from. So where those changes come from and they come from internal changes. And we're going to talk about that today. And John's uh, gone through a lot of internal and external changes himself. And he's just a wealth of information and someone I'm uh, just happy to consider a mentor. I'm happy he's in my life. And now you're going to get this information as well. Before we get to the interview with John, I just want to say our coaching program is cranking up. We've got limited spots available. If you're interested in joining, if you want to take action, if you want to burn off the holiday pounds and even beyond that, really reclaim your health and you've been listening to the podcast for a while and you've just been saying to yourself, you know, I really need to do that. I really need to talk to Ted to see if uh, it's a good fit for me. Go to legendarylifeprogram.com slash apply to apply for a call and hop on a call with me. This is only for the people who know already what you're getting into. Now, if you're new to the show, if you haven't been listening for long and you're like, nah, I don't know about that. Well, I, I don't know about you either, to be quite honest. So for us to learn more about each other and for you to figure out if this is what I do is right for you, go to legendarylifepodcast.com slash free. Watch my free fat loss masterclass. There's one for men, there's one for women. And again, if it resonates with you, book a call at the end 
That's all there is. There's nothing to buy on the call. I don't try to sell you anything. There's no pop-ups, nothing like that. And you can book a call at the end, but only book that call if you resonate with the information, if you feel committed to make a change, but definitely go through it. We won't talk to you unless you do that. We're putting up more hoops because we only want people who uh, this program is right for. It's not not about putting up the velvet rope and at, at, like some of the Miami Beach clubs that I've frequented in my 20s. This is simply about finding people who are a good fit for what we do. And that way everybody wins and you get great results and we're happy and uh, we get to share your results if you let us and more people end up joining. So that's how it works. So again, if you know if you've already been listening to the show, go to legendarylightprogram.com slash apply to apply for a call. And if you are new to this show, then go to legendarylifepodcast.com slash free and watch our free fat loss masterclass. There's one for men and one for women. Enough talk. Let's get to the episode with Dr. John Berardi. John Berardi is so Great to have you back on the show, man. It's been, I don't know, probably over a year since we had you on. Yeah, absolutely. It has been. I remember we had a great chat back then, though, and I'm looking forward to talking about new things and reconnecting. And I just really appreciate you giving me the chance to come back on. Absolutely. And and it's really an honor. Uh, I mean, people who are in the fitness industry will know who you are, and we'll talk a a little bit about you and, and frame today's discussion but you're a person who's who I have looked up to. I consider a mentor. I went through your nutrition certification. And when I think of you and what you've done with your company, Precision Nutrition, I think about you as the guy. I mean, besides the working with top athletes like George St. Pierre and, you know, building your company to a, a $2 million, $200 million, sorry, company and you know, balancing that with the four children you have, with staying in shape, uh, with growing that epic beard that I saw a photo of, <laughs> but I see you shaved it since then. I have. You're a guy. You're the guy who's pioneered this idea of well, after you, I'll say it like this: after you got your PhD in nutritional biochemistry, you're like, ah, none of these people need this this high level crap. They all need psychological, more more on the coaching side of things. And you really opened me up to that and so many others. In fact, my nutrition coach has just read your new book, Game Changers, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, in fact, why don't we um, start with a, just a little brief overview, because I've given you an intro at the beginning of the episode, just how to describe what it is that you do these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, thanks for the kind introduction. And, you know, so uh, to trace a little bit of the story, you know, there's a piece of paper hanging on my wall right here in my office right now, and it has my purpose. And right next to that is a piece of paper with my unique abilities. And right next to that is a piece of paper with my values. And um, for a really long time, my purpose statement on the wall has been And I always, with my coaching clients, start with this, when I die or retire, dot, dot, dot. So the idea is we're going to look to the end of our working life and think through like what we want to have accomplished professionally. And so for me, it's I want to know that the work that I've done has helped coaches working in health and fitness see their clients differently. 
Part two is uh, see themselves differently. And three is through these new paradigms, help level up or mature the industry. So that's that's been my my purpose over these years. And it, it maps to what you were talking about here with the inclusion of change psychology, uh, the inclusion of client-centered coaching, what, what, which is what we call it at Precision Nutrition, the idea of putting the person who we're working with at the very center of the interaction. And while that sounds like a no-brainer, it hasn't been. All the actions that we've been taught in health and fitness are the opposite, kind of a coach-centered approach. The idea that uh, and the example that I love to use is, you know, imagine uh, I'm at the gym and uh, someone comes up to me and is like, wow, you're in great shape. Uh, I've got a question for you. Uh, what should I do for my post-workout nutrition? Right. And so a coach, a coach centered coach, you know, might start with something like, well, you know, here's what happens during the workout. You know, you uh, break down muscle tissue. And then when you uh, recover between sessions, you're going to synthesize protein. So you're going to be rebuilding protein. Also, you're depleting your muscle glycogen. That's your carbohydrates inside your muscles. So after a workout, you want to have a fast digesting carbohydrate and protein drink or supplement um, that's going to help you really repair and be ready for your next session. Right. So now there's nothing incorrect about any of that. But what the interaction became was about me, the coach, and my knowledge, uh, what I know and what I'm going to tell you to do. A client-centered approach would be more like this. What do you like to eat after a workout? What do you hope to accomplish with that meal? And then backing into your recommendation from there. Because if someone's like, I love drinking beer and eating pizza after a workout, then you know you might have to tailor your advice a bit differently to slowly graduate them or nudge them along a continuum. So for me, this idea of sort of my purpose in the industry has been about helping professionals in this space see themselves and their clients differently. And so in 2017, after looking for a, a new partner, uh, I had started Precision Nutrition with Phil Caravaggio, and we had been co-owners of the company all the way up till then. Um, we were looking for a new financial partner. Um, what was happening was Precision Nutrition was growing so quickly, beautiful problem to have. But what we learned was that just two, you know, two founders like us, I mean, if we were to sell everything that we owned, uh, we still couldn't cover a month's of salaries for our staff, you know, so the company was just growing way too fast and we didn't have the personal financial wherewithal to just, you know, float it if anything were to go wrong. And thankfully nothing had gone wrong, but we realized we needed a financial partner who could help. So we, after quite a long time of looking for one, we brought on a new financial partner. They bought most of the company. And so that happened in 2017. So what that did for me was it allowed me to really lean more into this passion of mine of really helping coaches you know at precision nutrition we did a lot of coaching we certified professionals in nutrition coaching in the art and science of it and we provided software tools for them uh, but you know once once i was able to do this transition i was able to start the changemaker academy and launch the new book changemaker um, the idea with it being uh, how can we help either people working in health and fitness or those who want to one day, you know, people who have this passion for health and fitness, turn it into a powerful purpose themselves. You heard mine already, and it's what sort of animated my whole career and a successful career for themselves. You know, I through nutrition work, 
I saw this tremendous and sad turnover rate in our field. You know, yeah. You know, there's 10 new people for every 10 new people joining the field this year. Four of them won't be here next year. And I think that's really sad. 40% turnover in a field that people come into so passionate about. It's like their hobby and they want it to also be their career and vocation. And they then they're out and they're going to go do something much less meaningful to them. Well, that sucks. And it, there's an easy fix to it. It's they need a blueprint or a curriculum to follow to help them turn that passion into something more. Uh, we know in the, from the coaching side, just because you can get in shape yourself doesn't mean you can help get other people in shape. Doesn't mean you know how to coach. Um, and that extends to every area. Business of health and fitness, reputation development, how to plan your continuing education. So I thought it was time, you know, again, you've said nice things about me at the top of the show and I have achieved some things in this field. And so I thought it was time and I had the space now to be able to write all about it, to share everything I've learned over the last 30 years with the people that I most want to help. I love that, John. And I can't wait, even though I'm at a a very interesting place in my career, um, I I definitely want to look into change makers as well. You said something really interesting that you, uh, before we hopped on, you were talking about how all these people who are in these high pressure jobs who have a passion for fitness, but kind of hate what they do because they found themselves there because of some type of circumstance, either pressure from parents, society, thinking that they needed to make a lot of money or do something, um, you know, in, in that world uh, to, you know, be successful, right? Mm-hmm. Quote, unquote. And I thought that was really important. And another thing that we don't, I think that only people like us in the business get is you talked about the 10 people who join the health and fitness business and four people leave, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this high turnover rate. And it's something that people don't realize. They think, oh, you're just a personal trainer. You just, you have the dream life. People always thought I had the dream life. I was training celebrities. I was training multimillionaires. Those were my only clients. I didn't even have any clients who uh, you may be high six-figure earners, right? Mm -hmm. But I was uh, not doing well. And that's the case for so many personal trainers. And then the other side, the people who do succeed in this business, and this is something that I think you've done really well as a leader, even though I haven't ever heard you really talk about this, but the people who are, are successful, there's a certain percentage of them that go for the drama, the inflammatory approaches, the, what would you call it? The fringy marketing, Mm -hmm. making claims that just aren't really substantiated by the science, like saying carbs make you fat or ketogenic diets the best, or, Mm -hmm. you know, just do carnivore and CrossFit or whatever. And so there's this tremendous pressure to market yourself in a way that's going to get you to make money because mm-hmm. it, it's a competitive industry. Although mm-hmm. I, I take an infinite sort of uh, collaborative approach personally these days, but a lot of people don't. And a lot of people say a lot of, make a lot of claims that leave people so confused mm-hmm. about what's what, what to do. 
I was just curious, I never asked you about this, but like, how do you think about those people? I mean, I could name, I could name them off, but you know, we all kind of know in the in industry is really doing well and also really not putting out good science-based information. Mm -hmm. How do you think about that? What do you have to say for people who are kind of struggling to find out who are the legit people to learn from in our industry? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a wonderful question and it's complicated. I mean, uh, th this is part of what I've done is it, through all my coaching training over the years, but it's really trying to see both sides, right? So if we, if we start with the professional side, right, the folks that feel compelled to say inflammatory things or overly dramatic things, you know, I feel sad that they're doing it, but also a lot of compassion because uh, th they're not coming up with that stuff in a vacuum, right? They're, they're stepping into the field, they're looking around, they're seeing who's getting, at, at least on the surface, attention. Sure. And they're like, oh, if I, I, and they're just, they're just kind of copying uh, the social cues that they're given in the field. I mean, we all copy social cues, right? It's it's tremendously difficult to go against all the social conditioning that we have. And this isn't me being an apologist for them. It's just me sort of trying to explain why it happens. You know, it's not uh, people. Uh, sitting around tenting their fingers and figuring out how they're going to achieve world domination through trickery and, um, you know, uh, incorrect information. Now they're just looking around going, wait, who's getting attention? Um, oh, oh, so this must be the formula, the blueprint. You know, we all tend to look for successful things and try and copy it. So, uh, but what's sad about it is those people aren't around after a few years. So, this was a sinking Some of ship. them are, though. Some of them are doing really well. Well, you know, this is part of the other thing that I that I uh, learned a lot in 2017. So as we went through the process of you know selling our shares of Precision Nutrition, we got introduced to a finance world that I didn't even really know existed. And that's not like ooh the dark underground world of finance. It's just uh, it's it's a bunch of uh, meetings and information flow where you get to learn things you never would have learned otherwise. So I got to see the books of all kinds of companies in our space. And what I learned is that just like Facebook, you know, this old, this quote people use a lot, don't compare your uh, everyday life to someone else's highlight reel, right? In other words, Facebook and social media is a bit of an illusion. Um, people are just showing their highlights. The same is true in business. Uh, there are a bunch of companies that I thought that you would think are doing so well and crushing it. And they're literally a minute from bankruptcy. And there are companies out there that you've never heard of, that I'd never heard of, that are just doing wonderful work. They're just not loud and attention grabbing. See, because our perspective is influenced by just what we see casually. Like if you're not doing a deep dive into the valuations of companies or how many, um, how much money they make or whatever, you only see like their posts popping up on your feed, right? And you're like, oh, they must be doing well because their posts are popping up on my feed. And it looks like they have a lot of followers or whatever, but that doesn't translate into the kind of success that's, that's, I would find meaningful or that could even, you know, feed their families per se. You know, I mean, I, I just started an Instagram account a couple months ago. I have 11,000 followers. That's great. There's people out there with a million followers that don't even have a business. So it's, it's a lot of illusion, you know, um, 
But with that said, to really get to the heart of your question, the folks out there who are trying to parse out what's authentic and useful information, uh, those are the ones who get screwed the most and they're the ones who deserve the most compassion. And the answer is, it is very, very tempting to follow folks who seem to be very confident. You know, like this guy or girl seems to be very confident that they know what's working. But confidence is maybe the number one thing that belies their lack of authenticity or knowledge. Because the more confident you are about something like how the body works or how nutrition should work, the less you know. And it's so true in so many areas of life that people have called this the Dunning-Kruger effect. And so uh, the Dunning-Kruger effect it can be summarized as um, people who don't very, know very much are very confident in their knowledge. And people who know more are much more realistic in their knowledge. So there was a series of studies done where they took individuals and they would have them do like math questions, right? And the people who were scoring in the bottom percentiles, you know, 20th percentile, would rate themselves as in the 60th percentile. So in other words, I'm pretty good at this. I did really good on that test. And they got hammered, you know? And the people who were scoring in the 90th percentile judge themselves a little bit lower, like maybe the 85th or something. So they're much more accurate in their self-assessment. And it makes total sense, right? Because when you have a much deeper knowledge set, you know where your biases are and where your limitations are. And you know that a lot of questions aren't answered, especially in nutrition and fitness. So you're less loud and boisterous and overconfident. So if you're looking for people to follow or information to learn from, from individuals, uh, part one is, is find the people who are sober and calm and patient and uh, admit what they don't know. Uh, those are the individuals who probably have the best handle because they have the deepest knowledge set. The second thing is uh, sensationalism breeds sensationalism, right? So if these individuals are getting attention through sensationalism, there's a good chance there's a whole bunch of sensationalism in all that they do. And so maybe their thinking isn't clear. So, you know, rather than just saying, oh, they're deceptive, because I don't, I don't know that there's loads of people in the industry intentionally deceptive. You know, I, I just think that maybe they fell into a particular camp or tribe of thinking and uh, they're just very loud about it. They're not very loud about what the downsides of that are. And everything has downsides. You know, I, I think about this, you know, we, as you mentioned, we have four children. I talk about this with them all the time. Is this good or bad? Doesn't matter what it is. Carbs, good or bad. This toy, good or bad. This thing that happened to me in my day, good or bad. Um, it's a poor or at least ineffective way of thinking. Everything has pros and cons, so we need to talk about what the upsides and the downsides are of all the things. And um, and again, the folks maybe who are most sensationalistic don't ever talk about the downsides. And there are, you know, I write about this in the book and I have a bunch of examples. I'm like, even marriage, right? To get married, there, there's pros to it, companionship, partnership. There's cons, like less individuality, less doing what you want. Um, not getting having married. to watch romantic comedy movies when you <laughs> want to watch right. action movies. And that's yeah, right. absolutely. And the flip side is true also not getting married, pros, 
cons. And there's a bunch. And the thing is, we're terrible. Generally, if we're leaning one way or the other of coming up with the pros of the opposite or the cons of our own. So let's say I've really made up my mind. I want to get married or I don't for that matter. Uh, When I go to make my list, I'm going to stack it in favor of whatever I already wanted. Um, People call this sort of like a post-rational way of of being, which is what most people are. We're not rational. We're not irrational. We're just post-rational. We have a decision that we've made, and now we're going to stack our reasons in favor of it. Um, And so that's what's ending up happening. So you have to look for the people who seem to do a much better job in a more sober way of looking at the pros and cons of different ways of thinking aren't deeply aligned with one tribe. I mean, at Precision Nutrition, you know, uh, we in the industry, we're known as the nutrition agnostics. In other words, you can keto, you can carnivore, you can paleo, you can plant-based, you can do whatever will help you do it better. We don't discriminate against any of those styles of eating. We just want you to do it well. And on your own, you probably won't do it well because the more restrictive you get or the more specific about your dietary rules are, the more difficult it is to get all your micronutrients and macronutrients in in the appropriate amounts for what you're doing. So that's where we're at. We'll help you do any of those things. And we don't care. We want you to do you. We just want you to help or we want to help you do it better. Well said. And I think... um I think there's a lot of wisdom in taking that approach instead of trying to fit everybody into a, a very narrow, well, approach, a very, a, a very narrow protocol. And well, yeah, I, I mean, mean, that's, yeah, go I, for I'm it, thinking, I'm thinking about like, you know, you've, you've been traveling a ton lately and I mean, people say travel broadens your horizons and, you know, uh, breaks you out of old ways of thinking and introduces you. And these these are great platitudes. They're also true. And I think about it when it comes to nutrition. You know, if you're sitting somewhere in the U.S., for example, and the only people you've met are the people that you've been around and they eat the way they eat and you're influenced a little bit by other people sitting in the U.S., talking about nutrition, you have no idea that these ideas that you think are so true, so indisputed, uh, (laughs) would be absurd if you went to Thailand. You know what I mean? Like, sure. You eating over there. Carbs make you fat. Except (laughs) everybody, I was just at dinner. Everybody's way thinner. And, you know, (laughs) and and they're not the genes. (laughs) And they're not keto, definitely, definitely not keto. Very low protein, high carbohydrate, but uh, very uh, just smaller portions. And uh, you see the fat people have more money. Uh, and also the environment here is such that uh, I can buy a full, okay, for example, I just had this wonton soup from this little shack that if you were in Canada or the, the UK or America, you'd never buy food from a place that looked this way. But this place has the most amazing wonton soup and just incredible. Who knows how long they've been doing it. My Thai isn't very good. Their English isn't very good. But, <laughs> uh, so I can't ask them. They've been doing it forever and it's amazing. But the point is like people don't understand. Well, Americans in particular, it's like we have these ideas about 
slow metabolisms and things like that, partly because of some of the people we talked about in the industry. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right. This, uh, you, you know, this situation where, and I didn't finish my point, but the wonton soup that I got was this big meal full of noodles, five ounces, because I measured it. I'm mm-hmm. tracking my food right now because that's what's working for me. And, um, but you can, and it's for a dollar, 30 baht, which uh, equals one American dollar. Mm-hmm. And you would spend that to get one little donut mm-hmm. because the processed food with all the fancy Western brands are expensive compared to what you compared to Thai food. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what's going on. And um, that kind of leads me into what I want to talk about, John, is this idea that everybody is searching for this really complex reason why they're not getting, why they're not experiencing the health that they want to experience. And more specifically, usually, is that they're not losing body fat, they're not losing weight. And they think it's, God, there's got to be something. Um, it's pre-menopause, post-menopause. It's got to be low testosterone. I probably broke my metabolism somehow, even though I don't even know what a metabolism really is. But I read about it on WebMD one time when I was Googling. And, um, you know, what it comes down to and what I learned from you and what you've taught so many fitness professionals is that most of the most of the issues are psychological. They're mm-hmm. mindset issues. And it's the thing that people, John, I've been in the industry for 20 years. I've been asked about post-workout nutrition, the best exercise for fat loss, the best diet for fat loss. Do carbs make you fat? What about carb cycling? What about calorie cycling? What about shining red light on your testicles to increase testosterone? Okay, <laughs> nobody's asked me that. But there's someone in the industry who talks about things like oh, that. Yeah. They're completely I see worthless. That. Yes, I've seen even that one. For those who are like, that's absurd. That's a great joke. No, no, it's for real. <laughs> it's it for is real. shining it's not red a joke. light on your testicles. Yes. <laughs> For that maybe 1%, but anyway, not not to go off on that tangent, a testicular tangent, if you will, um, <laughs> the issues come down to coaching, but nobody ever asked me, hey, who's the coach I should hire, or even more fundamental, what is the mindset I should have to lose fat and keep it off and never have to go on a diet again or hire a coach again or buy a PDF or go on someone's course. Not one time has anybody asked me that. And I want to hear from you because, again, you're this pioneer with the change psychology, the motivational interviewing, the client-centered coaching that you talk about and teach. Man, uh, can you shine your lighthouse, shine the light in your lighthouse to kind of show people, like, if you're really struggling with this stuff and it's a big priority, meaning you're overweight, obese, pre-diabetic, high blood pressure, messed up cholesterol levels, and you need to do something. It's not going to be finding a little piece of info on Instagram. It's mm-hmm. not going to be a, a, a downloadable PDF for $37 or a course for a hundred bucks. It's mm-hmm. got to be more of an investment for some people, not for everybody, Mm-hmm. But for those people who are really struggling and looking for the little bits of information, the little bits of free information, but nobody wants coaching, John. And I say that on the podcast all the time. Nobody's like, hey, I want coaching. Now, mm-hmm. you want coaching. In fact, I don't know if you remember our episode, but you talked about how you got coaching to be a parent. You got coaching mm-hmm. to be better in your 
relationship. You've gotten coaching in so many different areas, and, and I've invested in the same way. What would you say to someone about coaching, whether it's your program with Precision Nutrition, whether it's what I do with Legendary Life Program, or, or just anybody who's doing good work out there? What would you say to someone who's um, you know, not really sold on the idea that they need a helping hand? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I talk about coaching in two ways. One is um, you, you and, and I start in the opposite way most people think I'm going to start. I think, yeah, you start with coaching within and then you can go to coaching without. Um, and for me, uh, you know, again, this is there's cliches in the industry. Like the one I hear a lot lately is, you know, the athletes, you know, look at how many coaches athletes have. And the best athletes have the most coaches. That's why you need to sign up with my program, right? So I, I'm like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just step aside from that for a minute and say, one of the things we need to do is we need to have some time each week where we can get clear thinking ourselves, make a commitment to certain things that we want to achieve ourselves. And in a moment of clarity, write it down, post it so that we can see it when we are not clear thinking for the rest of the week. And most people listening know what I'm talking about. You know, you're frazzled, you're busy. You start making poor decisions when you're in that mindset. And you can't stay out of that mindset all, all the time. I, I know people who are deep meditators who have mastery of, of that particular practice who don't just walk around in clear-headed bliss all the time. That's why they meditate to come back to it. So for me, it's when in your week are you going to set aside some time to become your own coach, to do some clear thinking about what your goals are, about what your steps will be for the next seven or 14 days, and then you write them down so that you can see them for the rest of the week so that you, clear thinking you, lucid thinking you, can be your own coach for the rest of the week when you're not lucid thinking. And this is one of the biggest things I've picked up for myself because I forget it's, you know, clear thinking is kind of like um, brushing your teeth in that you don't just brush on Monday and then you come back to it next Monday. You have to keep it clean. And I think the same is true with thinking. So I think part one with coaching is you've got to become find moments in your week to be your best self and then you have to capture your thinking in those moments and then use your best self to coach, you know, muddle-headed self, which shows up at other times during the week. So that's part A. And then part Probably B Probably most is, times of the week, actually, for the majority <laughs> of us. You know, it is. Myself it is included. Like, that's why I have my purpose, my values, and my unique abilities posted because every morning I wake up and my um, busy head is coming up with all kinds of things I ought to do and worries and anxieties and things I'm excited about as well, not just negative things. And uh, it all jumbles up in this stew and I'm not sure what to do next. And I sit down at my desk or, you know, whatever I might be planning for the day. And I need something to look at to say, oh yeah, I already decided what I need to be thinking about. I already decided this stuff. And here it is for me to see. Ah, now I can relax and work on the important things. And I, and I think that's critical for work, but I think it's also critical in your health and fitness journey. We know that there's basically four things you need to take care of if you want to lose weight or build muscle or have better performance or live a healthier life or reverse type 2 diabetes. We know they're sleep, 
adequate sleep. We know there's stress management. We know there's movement and we know there's food and nutrition. We know these are the four things. If you don't pay some attention to all four of them and get them in check, then it doesn't matter what particular diet you think you're going to follow that's going to be magical. And even if it is magical for a minute or one month or whatever the case may be, um, it can't overcome too much stress or poor stress management strategies. Uh, Having a stressful lifestyle isn't the problem. Not having stress management is. Uh, Not enough sleep. Great great nuance. Yeah, great differentiation there. And not enough movement, you know, like no, and no workout is going to overcome no stress management, not enough sleep and poor eating and not enough sleep or not. No amount of sleeping is going to overcome poor the other three. So these are the areas we need to think about. And there's nothing fancy to any of them, you know, uh, sleep. Um, if you have a sleep disorder, obviously we need to get that looked after by a sleep psychologist or sleep coach. If you don't, though, it's about creating patterns in your life uh, that work with your circadian rhythms, your sleep-wake, light-dark cycles. You know, you've probably heard all the advice about devices at nighttime and ways to clear your brain. So I won't, I won't go through those again. But the idea just being, if you're sleeping six hours a night, you need to do a bit more. Even if you're sleeping seven, we need to find some time to get a bit more. And on down the list. So... Oftentimes, we're not going to necessarily figure it all out for ourselves. Although the interesting part is, it's not that we're missing information on how to do these things. It's that sometimes there's too much. And that's where the coach comes in. The coach says, oh, it's really interesting, all these things you think you ought to be doing. We're going to narrow it down to these two things. You do these two things for the next two weeks, and we're going to touch base on it. And we'll measure things and we'll see how it's working and we'll walk through this process together. And that's really where the genius of coaching comes in, especially in, you know, we're sitting here in 2019 now, in 2019, um, you know, there is just information everywhere. It's so free and accessible that we're not lacking that. What we're lacking is someone to tell us to do less. But what matters, and this is a universal principle, it, it It works for uh, lowering your waist circumference. It works for business and professional goals as well. I write about this in Changemaker pretty extensively. You know, the first part of the business section is about prioritization. Peter Drucker, famous management consultant, uh, has written a ton of books about this, um, talks about effectiveness even over efficiency. And he and he's talked and he talked about this a long time ago, and it just keeps getting worse. Uh, what we're <laughs> looking for often is efficiency. How can I do the most amount of stuff in the least amount of time? Right? How do I maximize my resources? Um, he's like, that's great, as long as it's within the context of effectiveness. Effectiveness is doing the right stuff. Efficiency is useless if you're doing the wrong stuff. And so that's really where coaching comes in. You know, if it's in your business, it's how do I figure out what the right stuff is? Um, If it's in your health and fitness, how do I figure out what the right stuff is? You know, and what I find is the, what I teach that uh, everyone nods their head along with, but then when I see how they live and practice Mm -hmm. both in business and in health, it's the opposite. 
um, they're like, yeah, oh, yeah, this effectiveness stuff makes sense. Okay, I get kind of get back to my list of 200 to do's. You know what I post mean? on Instagram, on, on Facebook, and then I get to get back right. to the comments and it doesn't make me any money, but everyone else seems to be doing it. But that's why I'm not that much on social media, John. I'm busy attending to my clients, helping them get results. And yeah, it's uh, well, that's it, right? And great so, point. You know, yeah. and, and the trick to it is though, and this is the hard part. And, the, and this is a nuance that I've learned in the last few years, actually, as Precision Nutrition has hired uh, a group of new leaders to take over for Phil and I. If you have a lot of experience, probably wisdom, it leads to a certain kind of instincts for what will be effective. But if you don't have those things yet in a particular area, and you don't have that instinct for what will be effective. In other words, if I do this one thing, it will make the biggest difference. People often hedge their bets by trying a lot of things, right? So if you're in health and fitness and you want to lose weight or you know, you're, you're going to pay some attention to these things and you don't have a lot of experience, then you're sitting there going, well, I don't know what the one big thing is that I have to put my energy into and then I can rest after that. So you hedge your bet by trying to do 50 little things. You're like, maybe one of these will work. And the problem with that kind of thinking is that you can't do any of them well enough to know if they would have worked if you had have done them well. So it's really important if you don't have the experience or, or the understanding yet to find someone who has done that, who does understand that, because they're the kind of person who can say, all right, I want you to do this one thing because it has the highest probability of working. Then I want you to rest and don't think about anything else and then show up tomorrow and do that one thing again. And that's when effectiveness works. And it can only work with someone who knows what's going to be effective or at least can make a high probability guess. Yeah, well well said. And, and John, um, there's a saying in Zen Buddhism that the transference or how you learn Zen is a mind-to-mind or heart-to-heart transference. And what that means is, because it's from, you know, Zen Buddhism is Japanese, but it comes from uh, Chan Buddhism, which originated in China. And what it means when you translate it properly, or at least when it was translated, I don't speak Mandarin, but when it was translated to me properly is that you can't learn certain things by reading about them. They're experiential. Mm-hmm. And there's this big problem that I see in Western culture in general, and it's starting to take over in Asia as well, but they're still retaining more of it. Um, it will be interesting to see how things change, but there's this left brain dominance, this thinking dominance, this cost-benefit mm-hmm. analysis of things Versus kind of what you were mentioning earlier, getting that coaching time for yourself where it's like check in with how you feel. Mm -hmm. Does this feel right? Am I on track in my life? Mm -hmm. But we don't think about that. We're like, okay, um, well, what's the price? How much money is this? Oh, I can't afford that. It's like, yeah, but people, when they invest the money into the coaching for the fitness, they end up losing the weight and their life changes. Or when they invest in the marriage counselor, mm-hmm. they either have their marriage saved or they uh, separate in a way where 
they're not trying to, you know, murder each other in the courtroom. It's like mm -hmm. there's certain things that you just can't learn through a book, through a a, a post, through a podcast. I, as much as I, I love doing these, the things mm -hmm. that I, I kind of tell people, get off the podcast and go do something. When mm -hmm. people argue with me online, I'm on social media for business and branding purposes and really because I like interacting with people. But when people start getting negative and arguing with me, I tell them, please, you know, just please get off social media, go do something. When you mm -hmm. post on social media on the comment that you don't like and argue with me, it's good for me because it games the algorithm and more people will mm -hmm. see it. And you're getting sucked into this thing and thinking, and all you think about is the left brain sort of like, well, I got to make my point here. And then, you know, the amygdala takes over and the adrenaline starts kicking in. And, and, and that's just kind of where we're at as a culture, as a society, our environment is set up in that way now. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, and, and it's more and more, what, what do you have to add to that? How do you get personal space? Do you meditate? Do you, what do you have to say about that, John? Yeah. I mean, I think that, so for me to get personal space, um, what I've done for a long time is in my, I find a little bit in my morning routine. So I, um, you know, we usually wake up, do my morning preparation and I help get the kids fed. Um, my wife, Amanda will drive them off to school. When she does that, I have about five minutes where I just boil the teapot. And while it's boiling, I just sit there on the counter and I breathe deeply until it's done boiling. And then I grab my tea and I begin my day. You know, it's, I call it meditation or not. I've Is that licorice done, tea, John? Yeah, that's, that's what I had this morning. Yes. I usually drink some kind of herbal tea. I don't have anything caffeinated and that's not a, a moral position. I just I am highly sensitive to caffeine and it makes me way too jittery. And I don't want to start my day that way because of what I talked about earlier. I, I need to start my day calm and centered on what I'm supposed to be doing today. And if I have caffeine, I get way too hyper and that feels exciting. Like, oh, ideas are popping, you know, but I don't need ideas to pop yet. I need to know what I'm supposed to be doing before we pop the ideas. Uh, and to so get them done, right? Yes. Not, so that's not part in dreamland. Yeah. That's right. And that's part one. And then part two is forever. I've carved out half a day on Fridays and I just book out my calendar and I write down thinking. And that's shorthand for what I'm actually doing. I'm not just sitting here with my eyes closed, hoping for ideas. You know, oftentimes there's a problem or a challenge or an opportunity in my life or in my business or in the project that I'm working on. And I want to have half a day to think through how I'm going to handle those things or what I'm going to go after. And this is my half day of clear thinking self, like where I try and get very lucid and clear. And the thing is, like, it's very difficult to do alone. And that's why I invite people into my thinking. So either via phone or via a video conference or I have people come out to the house and it's it's a half a day spent on getting clear on a thing that's important to me or that matters and so that half a day is where I you know try and really distill what I think about things how I feel about things what I'd like to do about things with help from others and then that's what I transfer then into my next week of work. So that, that's how I do it. And, you know, I, I agree with kind of what you're saying that 
you know, we tend to become overthinking about things, which is part two of my answer, um, which is, you know, I've often said this, you know, books, you know, I just wrote a book, I just published a book. So, you know, I have to say this with caveats, but reading stuff doesn't really change lives. Um, right. <laughs> what <Right>. does <laughs> is practicing stuff, right? Yeah. Um, so for example, I mean, this like, it's so funny because we do this so often in nutrition and health, but when I give this example, I'm about to give, you'd be like, oh yeah, that is absurd. But we spend a ton of time reading about fitness and nutrition. Have you, like, <laughs> you want to learn to play the guitar is get, is reading about playing the guitar going to help you get better? No, you have to put your fingers on the fretboard. You yep. have to practice things uh, for, for a couple of reasons. You know, one is so that you can develop motor patterns, right? Like unconscious communication between your fingers and your brain so that you can do these movements that lead to playing a good guitar song. You also have to learn the notation so that you can you know, know that this little circle with the line above it on this line means this note. And that note is means my finger goes on this place on the, the fretboard. And we only do that through practice. And so the same is true with fitness and nutrition. Um, we have to develop motor patterns that connect our brains to our physical bodies and send signals back to our brains about that. And the only way to do this stuff, and, and, and this is if you want to change your business life, if you want to change your relationship life, if you want to change your fitness life, it's all about practices. So I've long taught this goals, skills, practices, model of thinking. So if you want to achieve a goal, great, write it down at the top of a piece of paper, but you can't stop there. What you have to then come up with is the series of skills that'll be required that you need to build to achieve that goal. Now, if it's something you don't know much about, you're not going to figure this out on your own. You need help. You yep. know, this would be Absolutely. where I would spend some time on my Friday thinking strategy session. You know, okay, who can I talk to that can help me figure out the skills I'm going to need to do X in my life? Okay, great. Now that I know the skills, I write them down underneath the goals and I try and get them in the order that'll be required um, because you don't want to just practice skills randomly. You're like, no, I need to uh, first be able to roll over if I'm a baby. Then I need to be able to crawl. Then I need to be able to stand up. Then I need to be able to walk. Then I can finally run. Uh, so they have to come in order. So to figure out what those are. And then underneath each, I need to figure out which practice I need to do Monday at 9 a.m., Tuesday at 9 a.m. to achieve that skill. And then you can imagine there's this sort of timeline. Practice one leads to skill one. Practice two helps with skill one. Practice three helps us with skill two. And you see it sort of building out. And when you build out this flow chart, you can see what's going to help you reach your goal. And so that's how I think about this stuff. You know, listening to podcasts, reading, the best they can do is help us better figure out what skills and practices we need to do in our lives. Um, once we figure them out, we need to stop thinking about listening to reading about the thing. We need to build out our goals, skills, practices map, and we need to just do those things. And that, so that's kind of how I think about this stuff. It's, it's also why the Changemaker book comes with like 60 worksheets and exercises. The idea is this is what you're going to do on your next few Friday half days. 
of thinking. Excellent. You're going to answer these questions. Then you're going to post them up on your wall and they're going to be your North Star. And so when you're muddle-headed or not clear thinking, you're going to go, oh, yeah, this is what clear-headed me said that I ought to be doing today. Cool. Now I'm going to do that practice we set up that we established for what is going to build the next skill that's going to help me become future me. So that's kind of how I think about this stuff. And you can see it all fits together, right? Time breathing and thinking, you know, help from others, doing, you know, answering questions, coming up with practices. It all maps to this march towards who we'd like to become. Yeah, I love that, John. That's just, uh, I, I really appreciate the way that you think about it. And um, I really appreciate the way you explain it as well. We've got so many people, like you mentioned earlier in our talk today, that everybody's trying to tell us to do more, right? Wake mm-hmm. up at 3.30, journal for 10 minutes, then do 10 minutes of exercise, then meditate mm-hmm. for 10 minutes, and then to do journal 10 more minutes, and then do jumping jacks and repeat a mantra for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, it's just all this ridiculous stuff, you know, uh, that's even led to some, the best thing that's come out of it is some, some good parody videos on morning routines. <laughs> but yes. what you said about efficiency versus effectiveness, and it's something, it's so clear, but it's so hard. Because just to give an example to what you're talking about, I've, I've been on in conversations with people and they're telling me, no, no, I eat pretty well. Uh, I, you know, I do intermittent fasting. And then when I break my fast, I have a green smoothie and then they go and I'm like, look, look, stop, 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 stop. What's your body fat percentage? What's your BMI? Okay. You are in the obese range. You are not being effective. You're being mm-hmm. efficient with your choices, but they're not getting results, mm-hmm. right? You're telling me all these things that you're doing, but it's not working. The only thing that matters is results, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, not not the only thing, but when it comes down to it, we're all trying to achieve some sort of result, a a, a better marriage, a better relationship with our children. If we're parents, a, a more harmonious work balance between making money and enjoying our lives, whatever that result is, right? Or losing mm-hmm. fat if it's uh, about weight loss. And, um, you know, I, I see so many people struggling with the mindset and, and lacking the clarity, like you mentioned. And so, man, it's just, uh, you know, good to hear. It's just a pleasure to have you on and and talking about this stuff because I've had some really complicated, in-depth scientific conversations with researchers recently. And I'm just thinking Mm -hmm. to myself, man, this is great shit, but it's really not what people really really need. Yeah, I mean, this is really it. You know, if you, what you have to just keep asking, what's going to matter today? to whatever the goal is that you're working towards. If it's weight loss or better health, then, I mean, you just, (laughs) we've done this for years for our clients to just make a simple checklist for them. And the same checklist isn't relevant to everyone. But, I mean, for a lot of people, it'll be, did I breathe today? Like, did I remember to take a few minutes to just breathe? Uh, Did I sweat today? Did I go for a fast walk or lift some weights or do some intervals or do a challenging yoga session or whatever? Did I sweat today? You know, did I eat my proteins, veggies and fats today? And did I go to bed and get a good sleep today? And this like 
if you can say yes to this most of the days of the year, then you will be tracking towards progress. Now, there are people, very few of them, who have health issues or anomaly with their metabolism, as you mentioned earlier, that may influence this list of things they ought to do. But there's a good chance that if you're listening, you're not one of them. That, you know, did I breathe today? Did I sweat today? Did I eat my protein, veggies, and fats today? And did I go to bed? Will work for you if you just do it consistently. Um, James Clear had a great post recently, uh, author of Atomic Habits, uh, about consistency beats intensity every day of the week. And consistency is just, and this is where what you were talking about earlier, this is where the mindset stuff kept, um, comes in or the change psychology stuff. Because when life is cruising along at what we'll call like a, a regular steady state, it feels easier to do a lot of these things that I just mentioned. It's where something unexpected comes up. Someone you love gets ill. There's a change in your employment status or your relationship status uh, where, uh, you know, something goes wrong with your car or your home, uh, where a move doesn't go as you expected, a trip doesn't go as you expected. It's these little pockets of life that we think are rare, but they actually happen way more than we account for, where um, we need to find ways to breathe, go to bed, sweat, and eat. And when we don't, that's when the problems accumulate. So it's like, oh, I'm great at taking care of myself until something goes wrong with one of my children or my house or my car or any of the things that I mentioned. You know, and this is what we teach people. Here's how to stay consistent even when those things happen. So I remember one of our team members, a writer on our precision nutrition team, um, her father was ill and, and he was dying. And um, she would tell me about how she would do air squats in the room, like in his hospital room while he was sleeping and walk the corridors of the hospital. She's like, so instead of looking on my phone or just sitting there reading a book, I would move. She's like, is it my perfect workout? No, but I was still moving. I still got to answer that question. I sweated today, even while I was holding vigil over my dying father. While he slept, I moved. I still was able to take care of myself. And I think it's such a powerful testament to the possibility of being able to do this, yet almost everyone's need for encouragement to do it. Um, because it's these little pockets that make consistency difficult. But there is no progress without figuring out a way to go through the tough times while keeping your breathing, your sleep, your sweat, and your, your eating practices, even if they're not perfect, continuing to do them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've talked so much about that. And it is the thing that if people do press that pause button, as you have written mm -hmm. about, spoken about, instead of becoming uh, always something person and always doing something person, no matter what goes on, even in spite of someone going, oh, really, dad's dying and you're doing air squats? Really? Mm -hmm. Well, you're like, yes, absolutely, really. 
mm-hmm. because that's exactly how you get past tragedy, which is something I know a lot, or what, what I should say is not know a lot about, but have a lot of personal experience with, mm-hmm. is what I should say. And it's the thing that we all have to learn how to do, but it's so hard to do. And mm-hmm. thanks for sharing that story. John, I feel like I could easily talk to you for, I mean, we could Joe Rogan this thing out <laughs> uh, for three hours, but I want to respect your time. I want to respect uh, the listeners who listen on their way to work and, and during their, their workouts uh, that you know won't last three hours long, uh, mm-hmm. except for those hardcore few. But is there one big takeaway you'd like people or, or what's the one big thing you think people should take away from today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've had we've had such a wide ranging conversation. You know, I think um, I, w- the thing that I think about the most is maybe what I'll what I'll talk about here, and it's this idea that there are probably only a few important principles in life, and that when we discover them, we have to use them across all the aspects of our life. You know, so I'm known for being a coach and for being a coach of coaches. And also important to me is, you know, in my home community where no one knows what I do for a living, people know me as a parent, you know, and in my companies, I'm known as a leader. And when we think about those three things, coaching, leadership, and parenting, as if they're different, we miss a fundamental truth about the world. They are all the same. It's being with people. Skill with people is required. And the same tools that you would use to do excellent parenting would be the same tools that you would use to do excellent coaching, would be the same tools that you use to do excellent leadership. And that's just an example of what I think this principle is, which is for those listening, you know, if you're struggling with anything about your body weight or your health, there's probably some area of your life where things are pretty good. Maybe not in this sphere, but it may be some, it may be your profession or it may be your family or it may be some relationship that's important to you or maybe in a hobby that you have. What I often love to do, and we call this awesomeness based coaching, is find the skills that help you thrive there and transfer them to the other areas that you want to thrive in. People who come to us often in the health and fitness coaching area feel like this part of their life is broken and they suck. And then it starts to seep back into the rest of their life, that attitude of suckage, you know, like I suck, I'm not worthy, etc. And the thing is, but wait, wait, just, and this is what we mine for right over here. You're doing really well. So how can we take that and bring it over here because the same principles will work. You know, if you have a client, you talked about some of your uh, very high earner clients. Well, if you're earning a whole lot more than the rest of the population, then there's a chance you're good at a few things that other people aren't good at. How do we turn that to this goal? How do we use those skills here? You're great at organization. Cool. How do we organize our way to an environment that allows for easy food and exercise choices? And so that's what I'd love to leave people with. Look for the broader applicability of things in your life, of lessons, of skills, 
and turn them to bear on this new challenge of yours. And if you're a listener whose challenge is health and fitness for yourself, that's where you need to use it. And if it's career, you know, if it's if you're a professional or you want to be working in the space relevant to my new project, same, you know, because it's really interesting. Uh, A lot of folks in our field have the opposite problem as folks who are struggling with health and fitness, that they may be crushing their career, but struggle with health and fitness. The interesting other side of the coin is that a lot of people working in health and fitness are great with their own health and fitness, but struggling with their career. So true, man. So true. And so it's fascinating to me that oftentimes on gym floors all across the world, there are two people standing with each other who are beautiful compliments for one another, yet they're not using it that way. So you've got a very successful professional who's paying a trainer to help them get health and fitness looked after. And you got a trainer who's got their own health and fitness looked after, who could use that professional to level up their professional game as well. It's such an interesting thing that I don't think a lot of people think about, but it's just a beautiful compliment for one another, isn't it? I learned so much from training my clients when I made that shift from being the expert to asking more questions and uh, completely changed my perspective on everything that I thought I knew about politics and uh, money and why a person would have a Ferrari collection and people would be like, oh, (laughs) what an asshole. That's an asshole. Why do you have Ferrari, eight, eight Ferraris? But nobody would say, oh, you own eight homes? Oh, that's a good investment. Right. Um, you know, but uh, but if you buy the right Ferraris, they appreciate in value mm-hmm. by yeah. a lot, maybe yeah. even more than, than what some people do with homes. Obviously, you got to be able to afford them to do that. But, but yeah, there's all these things. Well, John, I, I don't want to start rambling myself because you you ended so beautifully there with that idea that success in one area has it, it, it there's there's principles that apply everywhere and start mm-hmm. looking at your life and thinking in that way and understand there's m- much more many more connections in the d- seemingly disparate areas of your life than mm-hmm. is then you can see superficially but but they're there like you said if you're listening right now and you want to learn more about John you can go to johnberardi.com. That's J-O-H-N-B-E-R-A-R-D-I.com. If you want to know about Precision Nutrition, which is one of the best places to learn about uh, nutrition information that isn't completely ridiculous in using uh, marketing to kind of inflammatory marketing to, to kind of get it their name out there. Go to precisionnutrition.com, precisionnutrition.com. And if you're interested in John's new book, because you're either a coach, if you're a coach right now, get John's book, period. If you are a person who wants to leave your career and you have this dream, perhaps, of becoming a health coach or a personal trainer or whatever it is, Go to changemakeracademy.com, changemakeracademy.com. And obviously, you could go to Amazon and um, get John's new book there as well. Is there anywhere else you'd like people to go or... 
No, that's great, man. I really appreciate you sharing all three of those. And and I appreciate everyone listening. And if you go uh, to check us out, you'll see we have tons of free articles available. And so it's not just come to our sites and buy stuff from us, but uh, we like to do a lot of free education for folks um, so that hopefully they can get pointed in the right track. And if they want to go a little bit deeper, there's options for that as well. So thanks for sharing those. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. and, And thanks for coming to check out our stuff. That wraps up another episode of the Legendary Life Podcast. And I know this one was a bit long today. So what I want to tell you is uh, I just want to say how awesome was that episode with John. And so if you're interested in becoming a health and fitness professional, definitely check out his book. Check out that movement he's creating. And anything that John does is something that you want to learn about and potentially participate in if you're in the health and fitness industry or wanting to be in the health and fitness industry. Now, uh, for those of you who you're already in your careers and everything, and you know that health and fitness is the key to performing your best, then what I want to tell you to do again, if you've been listening for a while, you know you want to take action, but you're just not sure. Not that you're not sure. I don't know what I'm, I lost my train of thought. So, but you're You've been wanting to take action. You've been wanting to do the call, but you've been on the fence. Go to legendarylifeprogram.com slash apply to book a call with me. And if you're new to the show, you really shouldn't book a call. You you should really check out the masterclass, see if the masterclass resonates with you. And then at the end, then you are invited to book a call, but you watch the free masterclass. Again, it's free and there's no, I don't try to sell you anything on the call. The only thing where I ask you to do something is I invite you at the end to hop on a call. And if you don't want to, that's fine. I want you to do what feels right for you. So if you need to learn more about what we do and to see the testimonials, the before and after photos, the stories of the people who've gotten such amazing results in the program, go to Legendary Life podcast.com slash free. And you can watch our free fat loss masterclass. There's one for women and one for men. So whatever you identify as there, there's an option for you. So again, go to legendarylifeprogram.com slash apply to book the call or go to legendarylifepodcast.com slash free to watch the masterclass. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Have a great week and talk to you soon.